Hey, it's Farah Hanafnan here with Rooted Black Girls representing everyday Black millennial women. And today we are having a conversation about stopping Asian hate. Sit back and write out with us. Hey, salam alaikum, Afnan. How are you? I am good, Farah. How are you? I'm doing good. How's your weekend so far? It's been good. It's been good. It's been busy. It's the mm-hmm. first day of spring. And so I have been enjoying the weather, but so has everybody else. It was interesting to go out and see people actually not wearing masks. That's mm-hmm. a little scary. So yeah. I promptly brought my ass back in the house. Texas for <laughs> you, right? Texas yeah. What about you? just does not even care. Um, so this week has was wild for me because first daylight savings and I still have not recovered. Like every day I was waking up late. I was an hour late to clinic. Wow. And I, this is the day I'm in clinic with the chairman, you know, like head of our department. And I was like, you know, like that's not the day that you show up late to clinic, you know? <laughs> but I just could not get myself out of bed. And I thought I was an early riser, but I'm thinking if I get some blackout curtains, your girl would be sleeping in, you know? Blackout curtains are legit for real. Like they're a game changer. When I worked on nights, I I couldn't live without them. Wow. Okay. So maybe that's Mm -hmm. something I need to consider for nights. I want to like sleep in, but I I realize like I actually enjoy rising with the sun, you know, Mm, and rising, so to speak, as our spiritual brother and sisters would say, you know, (laughs) I say good morning, but they say, yeah. Listen, I didn't even Um, learn until recently, like good morning is something that you're not supposed to say. Like you shouldn't say good morning. I was like, y'all gonna get over it. It's good morning. I know, you know, I was, of course, TikTok tells you a lot of things and they said that, you know, the, the language is almost like a spell in a way and that the English language is very interesting and in that you say good and morning so there's morning in there um and so you should say grand rising as more of a positive affirmation for the morning you know right um and I was like okay like <laughs> okay is how I thought about it um, yeah y'all are taking it too far <laughs> yeah yeah I think it's intentional language but it, that, that's a tough one I get to it. switch up yeah right um but unfortunately, you know, being in Atlanta, um, it was oh, right. really sad. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. On Friday after clinic, um, I was trying to get out. I had a half day of clinic trying to get out because uh, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris were at the CDC and I work right by there. And I was trying to get out because they were having a meeting with it was like a listening session among mm-hmm. Asian leaders in the community. Um, and then they were meeting because of the shooting spree and murders uh, that occurred on Tuesday uh, by a 21-year-old white male, and not a kid, a, a man, a 21-year-old man, domestic terrorist here in the city of Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, where he went into three spas and killed eight people, six being Asian women. Um, and I don't know if you guys saw news, and it was just literally disgusting, but I believe, I don't think it was Atlanta police chief, it was the Cherokee police chief who said that he was tired, he was fed up, and he had a bad day, and he decided to, you know, act. That's how they describe this, this man, this domestic terrorist, had a bad day. Had a bad day, girl, and when I heard that initially, I was like, no, he didn't you know and still um i think he's removed himself from the case since then but um i don't want to spend too much energy on the murderer um i think a lot of people have waited and have not called it a hate crime but i think in the because i think it it, it's a hard classification from a legal standpoint me not being an attorney or a lawyer 
Uh, mm. But I think from a cultural kind of uh, socially understanding what occurred, you know, we can call it a hate crime. We can, right. you know, it is what it is. Right. Um, but legality, legal terms, I don't think they've they've marked it as such. Um, yeah. But yeah, so this is interesting because we've seen an uptick in crimes against Asian people, Asian Americans in this country, especially yes. after uh, the year of 2020. <laughs> I call it the year because I don't want it to come back. But I, I, I think it comes from the sentiments of uh, Donald Trump, 45. Absolutely talking about the Kung flu, the Chinese virus, you know, blaming it, uh, the, the virus on Chinese people, Chinese Americans, you know, and then kind of redacted his, his statements, but he had already, you it's know, already been put leader, out there. It's been exactly. Put out there. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it, it was a really sad time when I saw the news. I, I think I saw it on Twitter and I just, I like wailed out. I was like, no, you know, especially when it's yeah. your and the city is considered to be like a level of utopia, you know, yes. in a way. Yes, absolutely. And um, that my heart know. was gutted when I read it too. And it was like, like, really? Really? Are we really like, yeah. yeah. It was really gut wrenching. And the thing is, is you think about gun laws, you know, uh, 44, President Barack Obama, former President Barack Obama tried to, you just, I rolled, huh? But he just, he just You know what, because, be, because people like ridiculed him when he was trying to do that. And it's the, the same laws. people, exactly. And it's the yeah. same people who are hurting now because it wasn't able to get passed through. That's what the eye roll is yeah, about. I just, this only. kid, this man, 21 year old man was, and I say kid because it's kind of the term that I use for a lot of people, you know, it's what I'm going to deliberately call him a man, a 21 year old domestic terrorist went into a gun shop and was able to get a gun on the same day that he entered the gun shop and was able to use that same gun against his victims, you know? And so it's really sad, really sad. Um, And so we've seen, I think, did I say like 150% increase in crimes against Asian people. And so we kind of wanted to break that down a little bit, especially because there were sentiments around like, black people nbc tweeted something around like what can black people do to stand in solidarity with you Asian know i Americans? got something to say about that because when that came out i remember literally i was like Fada, what in the fuck what? like what yeah. who cleared this oh yeah God. yeah and my i follow like i think like 700 people on twitter a lot more than who follows me because it's all news right and i'm just like mm-hmm. I, that's where i'm getting my news and when i saw that that came up because i think i follow nbc i was like you got to be kidding me. I didn't even click the article. The background story around the article is that the the woman who wrote it actually wrote it earlier before the murder. And then her editor or publisher actually decided to uh, post it when it had nothing to do with the actual shooting spree. Um, So you got to be careful with that. You know, I'm not even going to jump into that. I feel like journalists have a, a, a an, an obligation, an ethical mm-hmm. obligation to be mindful about how those headlines are going to play out regardless yeah. of their intent because they know people are not going to read it exactly. in its entirety anyway. I digress. Yeah, Continue, there's a butter. whole thing around like people just reading headlines and thinking. Yeah, they do that on purpose. You see Yahoo oh, News, you know how yeah. ridiculous oh, they are. They're known to be a, <laughs> kind of on the right side, right, right winged. Yeah you know, Mm -hmm. so to speak. But so we wanted to kind of delve into the idea around model minority, you know, and that's a tough subject. We're not Asian Americans and we stand in solidarity with the Asian people and this atrocity that's gone on in their community. Right. But I think we have to delve a little deeper around what, you know, like where we're standing right now in this present Mm -hmm. moment, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the model minority uh, really comes from the idea that um, Asian Americans are thought to be successful and problem-free, 
right? Mm -hmm. They bring economic increase into this, into, into this country without crime or disruption. Yeah. Um, they're sought to be when entering institutions or neighborhoods, so to speak, it's not a devaluing of the neighborhood or the institution. Yes. And, and we've seen that with black people, we're not the modern minority. We mm -hmm. enter neighborhoods, there's flight, you know, we enter school districts, the school districts fall in a few the years. The perceptions related yeah. to, to those things, right? Versus exactly. reality. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I think there's a problem in painting um, Asian Americans with this like broad stroke of success of academia, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. But uh, I think there's this like duality of, of, of people who've taken on this role mm -hmm. in addition to like the role being put on them as well, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we know that in the mid 20th century, especially after the World War II with the Japanese internment camps, right. um, assimilation and integration was really the thought and the idea around like how racism would be combated, right? Mm -hmm. And I think like, I think about my family coming, my dad came uh, to Saudi around in the seventies and came to uh, the United States. He landed in Oklahoma where I was born in, right. <laughs> in the eighties, right? And mm -hmm. he felt the, felt uh, racism, but I think he, he also had the idea, like the idea around that time was assimilation, integration, act like them right. and they won't like attack us, right? Bother you, yeah. Yeah, they won't bother you. For black people, black immigrants who entered this country, you know, they were able to kind of take on the academic successes of this country, but still they're, they're seen as nowhere near a model minority, you know? Right. No, of course. Uh, and they're, of course, are, 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 especially with black immigrants and, and just seeing face value. We, we are black people in this country, exactly. right? But, uh -huh. so, um, yeah, so I was just like thinking around that idea, uh, but you know, I lived in the Bay area between 2010 and 2015. And so You're the awakening community Mashallah. there, <laughs> yeah, I'm really, really excited. I'm really happy that I had that experience. No, mashallah. It's, it's interesting because first, you know, being at Berkeley, right. It's just like, mm -hmm. everyone's like, you know, woke before it was cool to be woke. Right. And so right. I, I didn't see, I don't remember my experience at the university of Florida, seeing Asian people in like co coalition building. There weren't a lot of Asian students. I might know like maybe five or so that I may have been in, in connection with. Yeah. Um, but I did, I don't, I don't remember the, like the idea of coalition building at that time. Yeah. So at, at Berkeley though, you know, uh, that's all are I deep, saw, mashallah. right? Like that's all, all are... I saw were like Native Americans, <laughs> yeah. Pacific Islanders, Native Hawaiians, you know, that were there. And there's a, a grave and large history around coalition and solidarity building around Black people and Asian people in the yeah. Bay Area, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also the people, a, a lot, some people, right, the Asian community there are not afforded the economic successes and academic successes of other Asian communities. Right, right, right. Um, so I think the broad stroke is kind of a messy stroke in a sense and kind of really devalues the experience of Asian Americans who don't have that model minority successful kind right. of without problem, yeah. you know, with money. And yeah. so, yeah, I was just uh, reflecting on that. I don't know, have you had kind of, what's your interaction with the model minority among the Asian community? Yeah, I think it's like a super interesting topic. I remember, I remember like, so first of all, I want to echo your statements about, you know, rooted black girls standing in solidarity with uh, the Asian community at this time, because, you know, the black community knows all too well what this feels like over and over and over and again. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so there's a lot of empathy and a lot of sympathy and a lot of just prayers going out to that yeah. community 
um, because there's never like words that you can say that make the pain feel better, really. Um, and it's terrible to see it happening over and over again. And I, I also saw, I think it was in New York, a white male um, attacked an elderly Asian woman and she attacked him back. I think he pun- he randomly punched her in her face and she attacked him with something. Um, and I remember seeing her crying and her just pain. And I remember like, damn, that could have been like one of our elders and just really feeling like heartbroken, honestly. Um, so first of all, I just wanted to make sure that I, you know, echo your statements that I think, you know, what happened was absolutely terrible and unacceptable. And just another reason why all of us really should be working against white supremacy because nobody benefits and, and, and we all win when we rally together. Um, yeah. At the same time, I'm glad that you brought up that article by NBC because um, I really was like upset is not the right word, Farah, about how Mm -hmm. I felt when I heard that. I was like, y'all have the audacity, right? And I remember I had shared it with you and you were like, why are you talking to us? Like it was a black person who did this. Like y'all need to go to talk to the people who are responsible, the Mm -hmm. white people who are responsible, the white supremacists who are responsible for this and check them. So there, there was like a lot of like, miss me with the bullshit initially in response to like the Mm -hmm. news coverage that was kind of happening, to be honest. And I remember thinking, and I'm not going to lie, and I I'm, I say this as somebody who's actively working to be more aware of um, uh, of these uh, systems and, and of my responsibility as an individual, both in my community as part of the minority community. And so I don't have all the answers, y'all. But I remember like, what the fuck does this have to do with us? We were minding our damn business, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it happens to be in Atlanta. and But I just remember even seeing on Instagram like some... Uh, some posts that folks said like the same intensity we needed to have around George Floyd is the same intensity we need to have with this. And I was like, Hmm. and I'm going to try to choose my words carefully because it's not about what happened to those eight individuals. Let's be very, very clear about that. But I remember feeling like a resistance to like, how dare you? Right. Like how, how explain to me the the correlation that you brought that you feel that you can bring this to me. And then I had some conversations with some friends and realized that that anger was actually centered around uh, the rhetoric that white supremacists push through media that pit our communities mm-hmm. against each other. Because Ooh, I was pissed. pissed. I was yeah. pissed, but I was so mm-hmm. mad. And I was like, you fucking go. <laughs> yeah. I, had to go down. <laughs> I was like, man, I don't know if you can share it like that, you know? <laughs> and I'm saying that, I'm saying, I'm sharing that because. I'm, I would go, I would guess that I wasn't the only person who felt that. You are not the only one. You know what I mean? And even though, even though I didn't initially recognize that it wasn't, it was, it was my, it was another layer of anger coming out as a result of more white supremacist, Mm -hmm. supremacist, supremacy rhetoric. um, That's really toxic to all communities, all Mm -hmm. of us, all of us. That's it. You know what I mean? And I wanted to kind of talk about that, Farah, because I appreciated how you were able to help me unpack that one, but then two, making sense of these feelings, because it's traumatic. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's ridiculous that we have to do this at like such regular intervals. Like this is, this yeah. is the normalcy mm-hmm. of being in the United States that nobody's safe yeah. under white supremacy. And despite like all of the horrific things that have happened, it feels like we just keep going over it and reopening this wound over and over and over and over again. 
Um, and so I also felt like, and I'm, I'm just going to keep it a thousand with you. And again, I'm not saying this is right. I'm just saying, this is honestly like my gut reaction. I was also like, but I'm fucking tired. Okay. Yeah. Like I am still not fully recovered from last summer. Right. Where, you know, I don't know if I had shared this, but a lot of the, um, diversity work that I was doing, I had to step away from, you know, mm-hmm. And, you know, I took a long break off of social media and I, I didn't even really get back into the DNI, even like from a work perspective. I just, yeah. I was exhausted and I, I, it took really good friends and my therapist to be like, you need a break. Like yeah. this is, this is not healthy. This is trauma that you're ingesting voluntarily. And if you don't have to, you, you know, are blessed to be honest, to be able to like take a break from it. Like you don't have to keep doing this. And so for me, I was very, very pissed about the notion like, oh, you don't, you, you have to tolerate this and, and you have to step in and you have to step up and you have to be part of the solution. You have to fix this. And I'm like, my, I didn't fucking do this. What the hell yeah, do you mean? Exactly. Like, and it, and it made me so mad. It was very, very triggering the, uh, the, the assumption or assertion that black people are responsible for fixing this bullshit that we yeah. didn't create, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. And that's not to, that's not to ignore because the statistics are the statistics and the facts are the fact there have been Asian crimes at the hand of black people. And I'm not condoning that either. I'm not saying that that's not part and, of vice the versa. And, vice and vice versa and vice versa, exactly. Yeah. And vice mm-hmm. versa. But that's not what I'm, I'm talking about specifically. I just want to be clear before people are like in the DMS and, but what about, you know, I'm not talking yeah. about that. But I, I want to talk about, Farah, if, you, if you're willing to, how many of us are somehow being brought into this mess and the psychological warfare and just trauma that we're all having to deal with all over again, mm-hmm. even though this wasn't our community. And not exactly. to say that it's like, oh, it's not my problem. That's definitely not how I feel. You know, if I was in Atlanta, I was telling Farah, like, I would be at the site. I, I saw beautiful flowers and a memorial that was going on. I would have been there, mm-hmm. right? Um, because I think that that's human decency that 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 supersedes race, that supersedes community. That's just the right freaking thing to do, um, yeah. especially if you're there. Um, and there was many platforms that you could donate money. And for those you know who are able to, I definitely recommend that you do that. And I've done. Um, however, I still had to unpack my initial feelings from that. Yeah. You know, as a black woman who, you know, is still grappling with all of the other things that have happened. You know, over the last twelve months. Yeah, Afnan, thanks for sharing that. I want to layer this a little more. You know, when you were talking, it made me think, and we we went together and created posters around, do you recall when we went to of the course. CN Center for the Christchurch New Zealand mosque shootings? Yes, and, I remember that. Um, we, I, I remember, you know, we hold this intersectionality. We talk about that often of being black, of being Muslim, of being woman. So we connect with so many struggles all the time and feel struggles. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this affected our Muslimness. Right. And we stand, we stood in solidarity. We showed up, we went to the vigil here held in Atlanta at the CNN center, really close to my place. And, um, I remember us having a conversation around like, okay, we're not really hearing, uh, our homies, our, you know, people who do not share the Muslim faith, but maybe connect with us in other ways, women, black people, uh, black women who uh, stood in solidarity against the Christchurch mosque shootings, right? So now in thinking about that, I just, I, you know, we didn't even talk about this earlier in our like right. meeting, but it mm-hmm. made me think like, how do we layer it? Because I think we were looking for a little bit of condemnation of like, 
you know, we stand not not condemning because you ha- it has nothing to do with you, but that we stand in solidarity with your community, right? Yeah. Um, especially because at being a Black Muslim woman, I mean, I'm connected to every struggle. You know, there's a transgender person who dies. I'm like feeling it. You know, mm. Asian women are dying. I feel it. A Black man gets killed and knelt on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. And I'm, you know, I feel it, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm a very feels person. Like, I'd be, I'd be like and in it. Impact. And you'd be like, Fada, like, what is wrong? with you today can you do the episode I'm like girl I just don't know you know Mashallah, so, you're very, so I just wanted to you know I'm sorry to yeah. up to you and and I no, I think that's you, what I are your thoughts around that you know what a part of it is if I if I'm speaking honestly and again I'm not saying this is right I'm saying that I'm still working through it y'all let's be mm-hmm. clear I think that when that happened I didn't get mad that there wasn't news coverage because I expected it. You know what I mean? And it feels like a gut punch. Like I wouldn't dare go into work and say, excuse me, you Asian people, you Latino people, you whoever people Mm -hmm. should have done this, like from a point of anger, but more so, right. I try to create space to say, Hey, this is what we, this is what my community is going through. Like when we know when, corporate small talk. Hey guys, how was your weekend? My community is really, really suffering right now. If you didn't know this and this and this and this happened. And a lot of us are struggling. I wanted to be honest with that. You know what I mean? It's not like, well, first of all, you shouldn't ask me that question. I feel like there's a different tone. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that, and that's why I'm glad that you had that conversation. You you brought that up because even then I wasn't upset that it wasn't getting news coverage. Mm -hmm. What I did get upset with is if I brought it up and people brushed over it or people didn't acknowledge it or tried to belittle the incident or compare it. Right. Like no one's doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I get that. And, and that, that's the, what I had a problem with. And I think that in some other minority groups, sometimes it feels that it's not a matter of like educating and holding space and like, you know, sharing openly. It's, it's mm-hmm. like heavy with contempt, judgment, expectations to the black community. But a lot of times, and I'm glad that you pointed out what it really gets down to is a lot of these these individuals are not saying that directly to me. Like, I don't have, you know, like the Asians that I have in my family through marriage or whatever, I feel very, very connected to them. I feel very, very close with them. I feel Mm -hmm. that when these incidents happen with George Floyd or whatever, I knew I had their support. They knew I had their, they knew I had, they had my support, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Um, But the, the media pitting us together is really, is what it's traumatic. And I, Mm -hmm. I didn't even realize it until you had pointed it out. And I think even in that situation, that was what was different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear that. That's, that's, I felt that when you said that, I was like, Oh, I get that. Like, Mm -hmm. I think we want support, but we're not forcing it. Um, But I do think that coalition and uh, building in solidarity among oppressed people will get our point further across. For sure. And I know we can't do this alone, right? No, exactly. um, I, and I, I don't, it's, it's interesting, right? Cause when you, when you put the two together, I think black people in this country are dealing with something at, at least annually, but at least quarterly, right. Of something happening in someone's community that, and we think about like, yeah. this is happening all the time daily uh, for black people. Yeah. Or I think, it's not just on the news. It's like our lived experience. Our lived if it's not experience. us, it's our friends. If it's not our friends, it's our coworkers. If it's mm-hmm. not our coworkers, it's our family. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. We don't want Asian people to live like in no way do we want Asian people to have the experience of black people, no. you know, like we don't want it, but you, I think people, anybody, have to no be, one should have to live. No the one black should experience. have this experience, but if you, yeah. and then I, there's a layered piece here. Like if you t- ask me to be any, 
anyone and be reincarnated. I would say I want to be black again. Of who I am, <laughs> right? It's it's very interesting. It's very fascinating. So the model minority, I think, is very much, uh, and uh, you know, people can push back, and this is not to be disrespectful to anyone because I of see course. it as. Uh, even my dad immigrating into this country, my mother immigrating into this country, thinking the model minority would help them and remove mm-hmm. uh, the fear of racism, that right. the terror of racism, yeah, uh, and how and what that could do. To that, was that was taught. That was taught in the communities. Like taught. if Assimilate, you behave, integrate. if you yep, yep, if you yeah, if exactly. you comply, you follow instructions, you wouldn't. You know what I mean? And I feel like yeah. even immigrant families, to a certain extent, would say when those situations would happen, like, well, he didn't do what he was supposed to do, and that's why that happened to him. Exactly. You know what I mean? That notion, exactly. which is totally false and bullshit. But anyway, continue. Fada. So I I just think that there has been a dual relationship in mm-hmm. taking on the model minority in addition mm. to. Um, participating in it and then it not serving its purpose for you when your community is jolted into terror experiences every few years, you know? And so we think about the Japanese internment camps. We think about September 11th, right? Uh, We think about uh, Chinese people and like their issues with like STEM communities and education. We think about the lawsuit that's going on in Harvard, right? About them not being able to get into schools, uh, these Ivy League schools, because there's too many of them, right? So there's there's a lot going on, right? And I think uh, sometimes Asian Americans are jolted in less frequently than Black people, but we shouldn't like really compare our struggles, right? Of course. And I think Black people, are, and, and from my experience, when I looked on my timeline, and this is like a self-study, all my homies were posting in solidarity. In solidarity, of, of absolutely. This, right? Yeah. So I think uh, when we when we think about this, we really have to think like the model minority. I saw um, an Indiana professor who said this. She said the model minority is a powerful drug. It works, but with all drugs that are consumed in excess, it's toxic. Mm. And it's it's just wow. it's not going to work for you in the end. You know, it's yeah. it's a nice band aid, but if you're not standing with other in solidarity with other marginalized affected communities you know, it's going to come for you at some point. Yeah. We know that white supremacy will come for you. It will Period. come for you, you know, it's just a matter you of time. hide from it. Yeah. yeah. And so I think, and we haven't even done a lot of this, right? We need to point the finger, not towards what other p- people of color, black people can do for Asian communities, but at the problem at hand, which is white supremacy. Like yep. N- NBC should have talked about what, how can white people dismantle white supremacy in their own homes? You know, like that's what the article should have been. That's what the headline should have been. That is it. That is it. And so um, I, I would uh, encourage everyone, and I'm still reading this book because it's like a. Uh, it's you got to like read it in bits. Book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's called Cast by Isabel Wilkerson. And she just talks about how there's the dominant class, which are white, white people, which often kind of is connected to a socioeconomic class system, too, in addition to mm-hmm. race. And then there's the subordinate class, which are Black people in this country. And uh, because of this caste system, people are pitted against each other. So people, anyone who comes into this country, if you're white passing, you can be closer to dominant systems. And so if you're not like knowing how you're participating in this, they're using and taking advantage of you to kind of put you into this white bubble until they're going to come for you because you don't technically fit into this supremacist model. When you make the mistake that you're equal and they will quickly remind you that you are not very easily and so yeah um i did you know van jones is always very very probably you know he's he's interesting he's i know up how you down. feel about it <laughs> but he did he did write an article in cnn i think uh yesterday and i'm just gonna mm. i did want to touch base on it because he did 
he's interesting because he is kind of like an apologist or like he's always trying to coalition bill which is the positive mm-hmm. form of like what van jones does but he wrote an article about how black people and asian people have worked together historically and um okay. he talked about like uh he talked about frederick Douglass. Uh, advocated for free migration into this country when uh, Asian Americans were brought to this country to work on the Transcontinental Railroad. And so we had our leader, Frederick Douglass, who spoke out against uh, the prevention of their migration to this country. Um, There was, during the Philippine-American War, uh, Black leaders opposed U.S. colonization um, in the early 1900s. Um, We know historically Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Dr. Martin Luther King, who spoke out against the Vietnam War, right? And so that was really important, um, especially as Black Muslims. We know Muhammad Ali, like, lost all of, he was stripped of all of his his titles to stand up against this. And so he's he's touted as the GOAT for that specific reason, for standing on on a truth, right? Yeah. Um, um, and so, oh, and he, someone said black men should fight white supremacism, white supremacism, or white racism and not Vietnam freedom fighters, you know, Child. and so we think about the Vietnam war and I'm almost done y'all, but I did want to, cause I thought it was important. Um, so there was also the emergency detention act where, uh, black, the, the U S government saw black radical leaders and wanted to detain all of them, much like the Japanese internment yes. camps mm-hmm. and Japanese leaders actually came at the support of black people and really kind of Mashallah. legislated around, you know, preventing and repealing yeah. this act with Richard Nixon. Yeah. Uh, and then we think about the Vincent Chin murder in Detroit in 1982, where Reverend Jesse Jackson spoke out and went into that community and built solidarity and coalition building among Asian communities in Detroit. And so Malcolm X also, when he was no longer part of the uh, Nation of Islam, he connected with Japanese leaders like Yuri Koshiyami. Um, And then also we know that Asian Americans have supported Black Lives Matter to whatever degree y'all like to, you know, in your own experience, but that's also been the case. And so I think- I love the history recap for that. This is amazing. I did, I wanted to recap it, right? Because I think there has been a history- It's very easy. Yeah, if without looking at the historical context to to emphatically say, you know, one side or another, but it's important, yeah. you're right. Yeah, and I think it's all about relationship building, about storytelling, about connecting with other people, right? Um, and I think, you know, Black people are very much tired of having mm-hmm. to stand and protect and connect with all marginalized communities, right? Because yeah. we connect with so many struggles. And so, but we are in support, right? And it may of be course. different than what you want from us, but know that we're there for you. you Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. I love this episode. I always really appreciate Father Hasez to you all the time, but I really mean it. Um, providing language and contextualizing our feelings. I think there, there's so many people who have not done like, obviously like you're an avid reader, mashallah. And um, you're even, even you being on Twitter, like the <laughs> concepts I think that you, you're able to put words to really mm. have helped me, I'll say, um, you know, make sense of my feelings and provide some, like, like I said, it's like some context and background so that I understand where I'm rooted in and I can yeah. continue to do the work to say, you know what, this is something I need to continue to look at. So thank you. Yeah, I thanks, appreciate you. And, you know, I love all the conversations that we have from Lori Harvey, you know, and gaining lessons from her to, you know, this, this like stop Asian hate kind of mm-hmm. conversation that we're having and so yeah. I think it's all about like how we take these conversations into our homes and continue having these conversations right 
Yeah. Um, and so I'm glad that we're, we're having the conversation like the two of us, like sisters. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate it. But yeah, let us know. Like we could keep the conversation going. If you guys follow us on Instagram, definitely hop into the comments and let us know. And if you're listening to this podcast on your favorite platform, please make sure that you rate and review. And until next time, peace. Bye y'all.